People want to feel included. It's in our genuine nature to want to be part of something, right? Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. It's just after seven in the morning in a quiet coffee house, a shoe's throw from Ottawa's Parliament buildings. It's bursting with vibrant conversation, and once a week, a tidal wave of endorphins crashes through the doors here. The baristas brace for it, and there's even a few crooked looks from the regulars, but it's more towards the bright fitness gear than anything else. And every Wednesday, led by my two guests today, November Project Ottawa connects here before the workday takes over. This chapter, like the other 50-plus cities around the world, gets to work before most people pop off their pillows. And in the nation's capital, the group is a lot like moths to a flame, because after all, the winter rendezvous point is the centennial flame that flickers in the shadows of Parliament's imposing peace tower. And the heat is a convenient feature, given that November Project goes every Wednesday, all seasons, even when some cars are too cold to start. And last week, you heard from Brogan Graham, one of the co-founders of this worldwide free fitness movement. And how great was he? He allowed us under the hood of this marvel of fitness culture. And this week, let's go a little further and pick the brains of the co-leaders of Ottawa's thriving chapter, my home chapter. And who are they? Well, Liz McKenzie grew up on the water and spent the summers of her youth on the Gatineau River, which makes sense for someone who excelled at sprint kayaking and even competed in dragon boating for Canada's national team. She now tries to keep her head above water in a sea of grade 1s and 2s as an elementary school teacher, and I'll bet you that makes her sweat more than anything else these days. The second half of this duo, Lauren Carter, feels more at home on land, especially as a youth on a volleyball court, and Lauren competed for Team Ontario in high school and then in university at Laurier, Acadia, and McMaster. And recently, I've also seen Lauren sneak on a podium or two at some local trail races, but she's unlikely to tell you about that. And that all could be rumor because honestly, I don't finish fast enough to catch the medal ceremonies and therefore I haven't seen it with my own two eyes yet. All of that aside, she's currently an occupational therapist and between them both, they're big time CrossFit lovers and super leaders. And as accomplished as they are, they showed a lot of ambition kickstarting November Project in Ottawa, especially given their launch month of choice nearly three years ago, and we're going to hear about that. But they had terrific mentorship and buckets of belief in the movement to power them. So this week, let's get a leader's perspective on November Project at the ground level. November Project meets on a Wednesday. Now it's Thursday, and I, don't hard, I hardly recognize them. So what do you actually do on a day off when you're not November Projecting? Well, to start, um, I start with an early morning sweat, usually at 6 a.m., not 6.29 because it's not Wednesday, and then followed up by a really great cup of coffee, either mostly now at work, and then I welcome in 19 lovely little grade one and twos into my classroom. How many of your grade ones and grade twos have you recruited for at least, uh, well, you know, when school's out in the summer next year? Not yet. No one yet. I have recruited a lot of some teachers from my school, though, actually, consistently that have come. Um, no students yet. We did for a, a summer have a student that was going to, um, that was living near TD Place, and he recruited a couple of his classmates. And we do have children that come out during the summers. 
like Clara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's now wearing November Project shirts to school. Yes, yeah. So Clara class. does have her own tag shirt. And she has participated in a PR day in the stadium where she's run, I think it was 0.72 of a section. She's right behind Seamus. I always tell Seamus, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, she's getting groomed to chase down Seamus, of course, for those of you who don't know, is an ongoing joke that he's a fast dude and we're all chasing him. Every time we show up, we're always chasing Seamus. So uh, I'm always telling Clara that, you know, we got to work at it. We got to, we got to get him because it's well, not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be your dad. <laughs> think about, think about all that time though, 10,000 hours and she's, she's starting really early. Yeah. So, um, we're about at, 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 we're about like 11 hours now. Seamus, you're on notice 11 hours. <laughs> no, you know, what's really cool about Claire coming out and, um, Anne's girls who come out pretty regularly and, you know, it has, it has to work for a family to, to have kids come out. Um, we do welcome them and understand there's some logistics that are pretty challenging, but you know, when you, when you grow up with, with adults, around you who are leading by example in the way that they interact with people, a positive attitude, uh, working hard. And, and then as a, as a young person, seeing that as the norm that you're around, like our association, our influence is, is everything. And the people that we spend our time with really dictate what the norms are. And so when we're surrounded by people who are doing that, and that's all we see as a kid, like I, I think that that's just such a neat, community to be around. And in addition to that, somehow growing up with having interesting conversations with those adults, you, you develop some pretty cool, I don't know, mature social skills. Like I think Clara probably doesn't act like a four-year-old all the time. Maybe sometimes she acts like a four-year-old. <laughs> Behind the scenes, there's lots going on there. Lots going on. <laughs> um, but it's just a really it's a cool, positive community to to spend time around. Well, I can speak from being a father, obviously Clara uh, coming when, when she can come. And uh, almost since she's been born, I've been bringing her out. So I want to thank you guys both for embracing her because <laughs> one of the most uh, popular topics in our household is the color of Liz's hair. And so I just want to... I just want to say when she changes it, it's uh, always strikes a chord. So I want to thank you guys for embracing our family and being so great with her. Uh, what in your background, if anything, would suggest that this is where you would have landed in this type of community fitness leadership role? God, I asked that really well. You asked that, that was really, really good. Great question. That was a great question. It is. It makes you like, whoa. You know what attracted me to... November project in the first place. And I think more than the leadership role was, um, was just team sport. And I was always really, I loved team sport growing up and, um, in my position, uh, as a, as a setter in volleyball, primarily because you're kind of directing the offense a little bit, sometimes you are encouraged or maybe you like grow to have a bit more of a leadership role on the court. Um, but I, but it was more so that the team aspect that, when I stopped playing, I missed working out with other people. And so when I got a chance to be at November Project in Edmonton, where I felt like you were always around people, it was just so much better than working out alone. So it came out of more a need in Ottawa because it didn't exist there yet that I was like, okay, well, like Ottawa needs this. 
and I want to be part of this. I looked to see if I was going to, I was looking for a job at the time. So I was looking at cities that already had one there. And when I got a job in Ottawa and this is where family was, and this is where I was going to be for at least the next kind of couple of years, the foreseeable future, I said, I guess I got, I guess it's got to be me. <laughs> Hence Liz. And, and Liz. Myself and Lauren weren't really that close of friends. We knew each other. We were familiar with each other. And Lauren had been to visit and experience November Project in Edmonton while visiting her sister and brother-in-law. And she had gone to a summit, which is where all the chapters are invited together to a race and partake in the race. And there's a usually a Friday morning workout. And she had seen the impact, the worldwide impact of this movement and thought, wow, this needs to be brought to Ottawa. Lucky enough, she met, she know, she knew someone through the grapevine that was kind of wild and <laughs> just about the right amount to be like, okay, do you want to do it? The first bounce, I was so ecstatic. Good morning! Good morning! Yo, guys! Fuck yeah! And just coming together to work out in the snowy morning in the Arboretum. This started in January. Well, you started pledging in right. January, middle of a Canadian winter. And it snowballed from there. Yeah. <laughs> how clever. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was really cool how it how it how it started, how it came together. And um, when I say that, yeah, it was like it had to be me. Then I was like, I need to find the right person to do this with. It has to be a team thing. And I knew that was really important to have the right person to do it with. And she was, she was in right away. Like it was really, really cool. And from there, I mean, obviously our relationship developed, which has been such a key piece in this whole thing. But, uh, it snowballed from that early January morning. And, um, we had actually had a couple conversations with the, uh, the co-founders earlier on to figure out like, can we, what, what has to happen for us to pledge? So the pledging process was basically like we had a, a video call with um, Laura and and she is kind of she's one of the the sort of I guess not an original co-founder, but is part of that uh, that team. Yeah. It was just really funny because we chatted and we didn't really know each other that great. But I remember Laura asking us what we do for fun. And I was like, yeah, I like to run with my dog. And so does Lauren. And we didn't really know each other that well. And Lauren's like, no, my dog doesn't run. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot oh about that. God. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> we do know more about each other now. And oh, but that was, I guess, a good way for us to get to know each other as well as uh, Laura to be like, okay, who are the people in Ottawa who potentially could do something like there was no guarantees, but they wanted to make sure they were setting people up for success. She's like, okay, yeah, like go ahead and, and gave us sort of free reign and connected us to the November project co-leaders in Edmonton to be our mentors. And they helped us kind of along the way to figure out here's a community that's created a ton of success in terms of the diversity of people that they bring out, um, the, the weather that they experience, experience all year round, like how cold it gets, 
Um, and, and because I had personally experienced it, and Liz hadn't yet, but we sort of created our Ottawa community and culture a little bit based on what that experience was like. And uh, because it had been so positive, we, we wanted to kind of duplicate that with our own authentic vibe. And, and there literally was, for a while, there was like four of us working out together. And it was so awesome. We finished the day. We finished the workout. It was a half hour long. And we were like, oh my God, this is so cool that we get to do this. We were bouncing back and forth between locations. And we decided for consistency, we were going to move to Parliament Hill. And that was even an exciting time too, because there was still only six people coming to the workout, but we knew that it was central for people to find. An iconic landmark, right? Absolutely. I don't know if you can work out anywhere else in front of like the parliament buildings any in any other country. So that was um, definitely a gratifying, I think, a move and a change for us. And it created that consistency for people to be like, to find out the location and know that we were going to be there no matter what. The anatomy of the process is pretty interesting because you're already saying that, uh, you know, you take advantage of mentorship. So you're learning from each other what works, what doesn't. But what were the some of the things where... Um, you're like, this is working. I think following, we did have an um, an interview with CBC and following that interview where people who maybe had not yet heard or reached, had reached the pinnacle point of hearing about November Project, they heard about it or saw it and then they came and experienced it. And we always talk about the idea that we can talk all day about how amazing November Project is and how life-changing the workouts are, but... To really know what it's all about, it takes you showing up. And the other piece was we we had debated kind of for a while about whether or not we wanted to actually start in January. We were thinking, are we crazy? Like, is this, you know, at first we thought we'd start in April. Let's start when, you know, the snow falls or sorry, when the snow's gone, the snow's melted sort of. And, and from there, um, you know, we'll be able to let people know as people are coming out from hibernation, um, then like, you know, we'll, we'll be like, look at this cool thing that we're doing every Wednesday morning. But in the end, it was probably a really great decision because we, we got some practice under, under our feet, right? We had some, we had some weeks where we were figuring out how we wanted things to flow. We were able to, to chat with people who were coming and kind of, um, get some feedback and see what, what they were liking. And, um, and, and right from the get go, I think when, when people started coming back, we had the vision in the forefront in that even if, um, some people came out and it wasn't, um, they didn't come back or, or maybe for them it wasn't their best experience. I mean, that's a hard, hard thing even now. We don't always know what it might be that, that makes people not want to come back and we can't always get that feedback. And, um, but, um, yeah, so in that early stage, we were learning a lot. And so by the time we sort of had a few reps kind of under our belt, we were able to, to once crowds started coming out, feel a little bit more confident. But we were establishing norms, and it took, it took a few months to, to figure that out and learn as we were going. And, um, and that turning point, like Liz said, was right around, like, March or April when um, CBC came out. So the word spread through um, sort of traditional media and uh, you talked about something was really, really interesting and I completely forgot about it. But it's going to come back to me because you talked about norms. What sort of things, no matter where you are, 
no matter what city you're in, if you go to a November project workout, what sort of things would someone expect? I think right off the bat, you always expect people that are going to be welcoming and that are going to be open to new people, new faces showing up, um, that you feel you're part of something, you're part of a community or you're being welcomed in. And then beyond that, there's consistency in knowing that there'll be a bounce to begin the morning. So kick it off where everyone brings it in, gets nice and tight. Maybe you're touching shoulders, maybe you're not. And you're jumping up and down, cheering, maybe sometimes yelling, maybe sometimes not even speaking at all, but all together kind of setting the tone for the workout and setting the mood. You can expect some grassroots gear for sure. Lots of November project, sprayed, stenciled shirts. Beyond that, you can expect a challenging workout that challenges you or pushes you as hard or as much as you would like to be pushed. Or if you need to just show up for the people there, they'll be happy to see you. There might be some differences in the vibe of how competitive it might be. Like there are some cities that I think are known to be more competitive or some that uh, I, I don't, I couldn't name any, but you know, some might be just like a little bit more weird maybe, or um, some might be more diverse in terms of ages. Um, you might have some that have more strollers that come, for example, and some where there might be more people in their 20s, or you'd have some that might have a lot more people in kind of their, uh, in the older crowd. So I think that those norms vary a little bit. In Ottawa, we start at 629 and we end at 7. That's kind of unique. And that was, again, it was a what we had experienced in Edmonton and from that that mentorship that we got, we had felt that um, 30 minutes was a really good amount of time to maintain the intensity for a period of time that was realistic mentally. I think that if someone's newer to exercise and the workout's an hour, even 45 minutes can be a really long time to push for. But if you can just show up for 30 minutes and there are choices and options and modifications that you can do within that. If you run the stairs for 30 minutes or walk the stairs for 30 minutes or crawl on the stairs for 30 minutes, it's a hard workout, mm. no matter how fit or new to fitness you are. So I'm just curious from the leadership side, what sort of things do you guys consciously do um, when you're leading the group to try and make somebody new who's showing up for the first time feel welcome? Um, we hear of stories from various people who talk about, you know, I've been following you online for about a year and I worked up the courage to come today. Or it took me that long to finally get up enough courage to walk up to Parliament Hill or come to TD Place and meet you guys. And it does help when you have a friend who wants to go with you, right? That's always, that always feels, makes you feel a little bit better showing up with someone else. Um, but speaking about like that fear or that resistance or that hesitation of wanting to show up, but like not really knowing. And yeah, that not knowing is exciting, but it's also really nerve wracking. And one thing that I know was on a previous episode that I thought was really great learning and, and reflection for us, because it's great to hear from the perspective of someone else who has gone to, uh, has experienced 
something that they haven't felt included in. And so it gives us an opportunity to say, okay, well, one, like we both have experienced that as well. So we know sort of what that feels like on one end. Um, but we, we are, tr- when we hear about that word, we try to reflect on what are we doing or not doing that is creating an environment that is welcoming and inclusive. And some of the things that we try to do, even in the workout design, are we going to make this uh, a workout where um, there's lots of interaction and there's lots of crossing paths of people that encourages a lot of interaction with people and high-fiving along the way. So when we have like routes, people might be going like back and forth at different times. And so when you're passing people, um, one person's going to uh, a target um, and someone's um, going away from the target, you can high-five on the way by. And and so we, we try to design the workout so that those spaces are used strategically to have a lot of interactions. Um, um, we do a lot of of team and like partner workouts. So, for example, like if it's a high five um, push up, then you're both doing a push up, but you can one person can be on their knees, one person can be on their toes, and you can still be doing push ups together. And then you might separate and do a couple other things at your own pace. And so um, you're not holding anyone back because I think sometimes if people are feeling like I'm not gonna. I'm holding someone back. A lot of times the workouts are designed so that no matter what pace you're going, you're not holding anyone back. And we try to be strategic around the level of interaction between people and um, and design the workout so that you don't know where people are, are at. It's very social. How does that make you feel to see those relationships start and develop and then continue? It's the best. It, it really is cool to see, to witness that. And actually, sometimes we're really surprised. We, we see it, but we don't see it all. I think we, we hear about it or we see people interacting who maybe weren't before, but there's a couple of really awesome women at November Project who recently did a post where, um, they noticed, like, they had posted a couple of photos of them beside each other in the workout, but didn't, didn't even know each other then. Like, they could recall when that, changed and looked back on group photos and realized they were beside each other the whole time, but hadn't maybe even exchanged words. And now they're doing other things together, making plans for traveling together, making plans to work out together at other Ottawa community, uh, free fitness uh, events and, um, and workouts. And it's, it's really cool to see that spread beyond Wednesday mornings. You know, they're, they're now, that's a relationship that didn't exist before. And maybe this was a, a trigger or it just allowed them to meet someone they wouldn't otherwise meet. Um, we've seen a couple of relationships bloom, like romantic relationships. Oh, yeah. It's not like an everyday thing, but, uh, we, we wouldn't, it. it wouldn't have been maybe your relationship, uh, you know, recently married to a fellow November projector. Yeah. Fellow November projector. I mean, we didn't. I guess the first time we interacted was at a November project. Um, and the reason we met was through uh, my sister and brother-in-law who went to November project with him. So I guess November project brought us together too in a different city. <laughs> yeah. There is a video on YouTube called showing up and they talk about how there's going to be November project babies out of this movement. Oh, yeah. So one of the things too, and I've, I've talked about this, one thing that I have observed happening, which I'm sure you have, because you've experienced it too as individuals, of how this is a community, it's like a hub that uh, if if you're into something beyond a Vampire Project or you're interested in something, someone will go with you. 
or, you know, hey, I'm going and doing this uh, trail race and, you know, it's easy to beat the bushes and get some people to come out. And some people are trying things for the first time that way. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic and how that plays out in, in the November Project movement. When you show up and then you reach out to people, there's always that access. Um, I think about people coming to experience like a first trail race um, for the first time and feeling comfortable enough doing it, knowing that there'll be others around with them while they race and at the end of the race, knowing that they will be supported throughout the whole thing and feel comfortable enough, right? Because it's pretty daunting going to a race, not knowing anyone, getting to that start line and being like, oh God, there's... Mm -hmm. A hundred people around me and I don't know anyone and I'm going to finish this race and get in my car and go home. That happens. And people do experience that. Whereas you can show up with friends, maybe know a couple people, see people in the race, be encouraged by others because usually there is the camaraderie around it too. And the positivity of um, cheering others on. It's a different purpose that you're going out to race. And I think that one of the awesome things about it is that Maybe in, in someone's past experiences, racing had an association with things that might have been negative, uh, nervousness that I, I personally had a really hard time with um, races in cross country and track and field early on. I would get uh, really bad uh, stomach aches and nausea beforehand that didn't really affect me as much in team sport. And, um, and since doing it with other people, my focus about what I was going to do the race for and my expectations for myself, I guess, were, were put on other things. And so I wasn't focused on the result. I was, I was focused on or my results in terms of timing or my placement. I was, I was more focused on my friends are going out to do this. And so what we'll often say is that you kind of accidentally become a runner somehow in <laughs> November project. And I think like Rogan will probably talk to you about this too, just what, what people find, but you end up going to do something on a consistent basis and you gain a little bit of confidence in what your body body's capable of doing. And, and you sort of, a byproduct is that you get fitter because you're going to hang out with your friends. And then because you want to hang out with your friends, you, you'll you sign up for things that they're going to do because of their influence. They sort of encourage you because they maybe were in the same spot as you six months before that or a year before that. And they remember their first trail race. And they're like, I felt like that too. And, uh, you know, you can come and try it. Just see how you feel. And, and so then you, you start, you might do like a, a, a two kilometer race, or you might do a five kilometer race that you've never done before. And that can slowly evolve. Like, I think you just, it, it, it sort of, it might be a slow evolution, but you end up going from a 5k race to like, Oh, I want to try, I want to try one on, on the trails now. Like I want to do a 5k race in the trails. And like Liz said, you end up seeing people at the start line, you hang out with people before you carpool there. And then after like, there's always some excuse to go and have coffee, have breakfast. And then it becomes your, your, the, the plan for your day. And, um, and the whole experience becomes what the focus is more than I'm racing this and I need to get a certain time or, mm -hmm. or win it, you know? Oh yeah, this, the, the winning. I'm getting tired of it actually, so it's a nice distraction. Okay, we'll shift a little bit here. 
So one of the things that I think November Project prides itself on is this positive connection, upbeat, inclusiveness, um, everyone welcome. And when you go to a workout, there's a lot of positive energy. There's high fives. There's even some hugs, that sort of thing. And this is very different than, you know, let's just call it traditional fitness culture, which is, you know, you're doing it on your own. Sometimes it's in this these dingy gyms and whatnot. Um, you know, when you talk about activity and atmosphere being kind of like two like really big pieces of um, being conscious of how we choose what we want to do. And in a November project, like the activity varies a little bit, right? Like people show up probably more for the atmosphere. They show up to move, but the atmosphere is very much people. You can expect positivity. You can expect outdoors. You can expect, um, and you can expect some kind of movement. And, um, and so if, if you're really seeking that atmosphere, you're going to get it. And, and I, I have personal experiences of walking into a place that has group fitness and, you know, if I go multiple times and I've never had uh, a conversation or um, someone who's asked me my name, I don't feel that connected to that um, particular like coach or um, person at the front desk or uh, like uh, for me, I value those relationships. So it's important to me. It may not be important for, for everybody, but I think that when I noticed a difference in how much I wanted to go back there, because I maybe felt more like a number or I felt like my presence there wasn't as valued and, you know, we're not perfect at it. Uh, at remembering people's names, but we want people to know that them showing up matters. You don't want to show up and not be recognized. People want to feel included. Like it's in our genuine nature to want to be part of something, right? So of course, when you show up, you want to feel welcome. And yeah, even just remembering the name or knowing someone by their name is such, it has such an impact. Everyone kind of remembers the first day they showed up or the first day they walked up to the workout awkwardly kind of thinking, oh man, like someone told me about this and I don't know if they're going to show up, but I'm here and I don't know anyone's name. And oh man, like kind of standing on the outskirts, maybe arms crossed, a little bit withdrawn. Uh, is this the workout that's happening at 629? You just described me perfectly. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Which is also so normal, yes. right? Like you just, you walk up to something that's new and that takes a lot of courage. And so being able to do that is hard. And then once you get there and it takes like a little bit and you're kind of like, what's this weird balancing that we're doing? Good morning! Good morning! We get that it's weird, but somehow you kind of come out of your shell a little bit or it forces you to laugh because you're like, this is so ridiculous or something. And it forces you to step outside of your normal day routine. And as adults, we don't always get to do that unless we're seeking it out. My name is Claire and it's my birthday. So November Project Ottawa is approaching three years now. So that's a significant milestone. That's over 150 workouts. You guys plan them all. And I'm wondering, which have been your favorite workouts? There's a lot of them that stand out. A lot. Like, it's it's for a lot of different reasons. But 
the first workout we ever did in that January morning. And Liz was saying like, the only person we didn't know was Steven. And uh, it was awesome that he, like we were just blown away. Like, how did you hear about this? This is our friends and family supporting us and thinking we're crazy and they're never going to show up again. And it was really cool to hear like how he got connected to the community. Cause someone just said like, these are your, you know, these are your people. And, um, and I'll never forget the feeling of like, this is actually happening. So the first workout was uh, like a standout. I would think back to like our very first winter when Ottawa was just growing and we would do things to kind of continue it beyond six, seven AM. So bringing out bananas and in the middle of winter and writing messages on bananas and then dropping them off at coffee shops and delivering them to people and like the baristas asking us what this was all about and you know, just saying, Oh, just pass it on because eventually it'll hit someone and it'll impact their day just like a little bit. Maybe they might see the message of November Project, but um, and then even when we look beyond the workouts at socials that we have, like gatherings in the evenings that bring people together. The first bridge month that we have, if we can collectively put bridge month together, um, that was really cool. Because it was, again, the first time that we were really switching up the location where we weren't really sure if anyone was going to show up. Like, are they going to find us? It's so dark. Bridge month happens in January. And so it's really dark in the morning and it's really cold. So we're just really making the most of uh, what can be uh, a tough month in the city of Ottawa. But we, um, we, like, we love it. It's some, it's some of people's like favorite time of the year. And so anyway, when people show up in like these, uh, like you see silhouettes come through and you're like, oh my gosh, people are finding us. Like we're going to get, and it's really cool to see people show up. You have to like give yourself a bit of extra time to find, um, parking or bike a little bit farther than you usually bike. And then when people show up there, it's really, it's really cool. And then like creating a bit of a tradition that when you're talking to people about November Project and you can share with them like cool things that happen, like this is what we get to do then. And sometimes there's surprises. Sometimes people don't necessarily know, but they can talk about the Sunrise 6Ks and they can talk about Bridge Month and they can talk about the skating workouts and the Create Escape and socials that happen. And um, do you want to share your favorite workout, Kelly? Oh, oh. <laughs> now the interview has turned. And I, I will, I yeah, so Lauren, I know Lauren has a knack for uh, turning questions around. Uh, so, so my favorite workout, I, I, one that really sticks out is the first skating workout because it was in January, might've been early February, but it was cold. It Freezing. was, yes. And I think it was, uh, what are the double moons? There's two moons out. Oh, what do they call that? It was the, um, soul, the blue, the blue moon. So there, yeah. So we were skating on solar the, blue moon. Solar, blue, moon, lunar eclipse? We're uh, clearly astronomers, the three of us. We <laughs> totally know this. Yeah. But uh, there was more than one moon in the sky. And we were here we are uh, in Ottawa. One of the iconic landmarks is the canal. And, uh, and we're on the canal. And um, it's cold. We're doing these laps. And halfway through the lap, uh, you'd stop and you'd do some uh, ground ice work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, down, you know, push-ups or whatever. And it was so stunningly beautiful and cold. It reaches you at a different level. And it's like, this is, this is nothing like going to the gym. Nothing, not like going to the gym is, is bad, but I was like, this is just, it's just so beautiful. And 
And the Bridge Month, I'm a big fan of Bridge Month because that gives us a chance to explore different parts of the city and shake things up a little bit. And the workouts are always pretty creative. And we have a new bridge in Ottawa, so that'll be exciting. I'm excited for our new bridge because it's going to probably be a part of Bridge Month, I'm I'm hoping. That's my submission. Can we, the Flora Bridge, can we add that? We did give it a test run on Labor Day, and we thoroughly explored it with lunges. On the flip side, any workout with lunges is on the bottom of my list, so <laughs> this is that's conflicting. Kelly, I didn't ask you which workouts you didn't like. <laughs> uh, the other Just one, kidding. Open feedback. No, the other one that really stuck out was, uh, the I think it was the first Canada Day workout at oh, the Supreme yeah. Court grounds where there was over 120 people, 125 people. It was just a bit of organized chaos and it was so much fun. Yeah, I think it brings you back when you see so many new people, a little bit awestruck, a little bit scared. The first time we went to the stadium stairs was a really big, was a really big day and a really cool experience getting to try something new and making TD place kind of our, our home for the summer because we, yeah, it was a really cool relationship we got to build where it, it took some time to figure out how we could actually access it. And, um, and they, and after some conversations and, um, and, and a few times being shut down and a few times following up, like we, we eventually got in and, and being at the stairs was kind of a whole new environment. Like here's the next challenge. And everyone was coming in being like, what are the stairs going to bring? And then you're talking about um, PR day on the stairs and what is that going to look like and how many more sections can I do? And you're sort of, that piece is really, really cool. So the first time we went into the stadium and then getting that, that to be our home has been really, really neat too. I will, I will add uh, to that. I remember that day very clearly, the stair day. I don't necessarily remember the day as much as like the two or three days afterwards that (laughs) I uh, remembered that I still have calves. And that was sort of the running joke when we got to the next week was like, are your calves still sore from that? (laughs) Because a lot of people have never, when do you ever run stairs or even just hike the stairs like that? Um, but that's a really neat thing that, you know, that's not something that you would necessarily go and, oh, on your own, I'm going to just going to go and choose and find some, a staircase. I'm going to run it. But the atmosphere that is around it, that you're supporting people no matter where they're at, because some people can just sprint upstairs easily and other people are working up towards running and so they're hiking them or whatever but the atmosphere around it you're all in it together you're doing something challenging you're still setting the pace that's special and and doing it in the stadium where you know you're you know the uh ottawa red blacks play uh is pretty unique i mean it's not again it's not something that you would do on a regular basis this is an event more than it is just another workout and you do get like you say you do get the sense of community because you're passing people either like passing them as you're going up, they're coming down. Um, you don't know where everybody is. You can't, you still can't tell how far along people are, but you, you get to connect with people along the way and maybe you're going beside someone and they're looking like they're slowing down and you know, you behind them being like, just keep that pace or keep it going or, um, or just keep pushing to the top. Is that one little thing that 
they need and they pick up the pace or, or someone's starting to stop and you're like, you got this. And they just keep walking to the top, touch that railing. And then they're resting on the way down. Like there's something really, really neat about stairs. They're the best and they're the worst at the same time. But no matter what your fitness level, like you say, like some people run it really fast and it's still really challenging for them. And there's some people who are, um, who haven't done stairs ever. And it's like, you can walk the stairs, for 30 minutes and you know if you just keep on moving that's a huge success Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so clearly this is an unpaid role that you guys are in there's a lot of volunteering and it seems like you guys are pretty passionate about it so you have a lot of energy toward it and going on three years and you're still passionate about it tell me a little bit about how you guys work together because you guys seem to be so much on the same page to the point where you guys are working out uh, together on other days. So your friendship has definitely grown throughout this process too, hasn't it? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, yeah. So it doesn't really feel like it's a work or challenge because we do actually spend most of our time drinking coffee, exercising together, sometimes reading, hanging out. And then November project is just woven right into that everyday life. Essentially, really, there's no, um, stress or it doesn't feel like we need to meet and meet a deadline by a certain time. It's very, I don't want to say easy because like it is, but it's really fun and it just brings so much joy and pleasure to, I know both of our lives and at times it can be like a little bit challenging and, but at the end of the day, it's still the best thing that I get to do. There goes the co-leaders of November Project Ottawa, Lauren Carter and Liz McKenzie, as tight of a tandem as you'll find in any fitness community, and dare I say, any community in general. And that's a word I think that gets a lot of lip service these days, doesn't it? Community. It gets a lot of pub on paper. And I'm reminded of something that Brogan Graham alluded to in our interview last week, when he said that November Project is really difficult to describe, and until you're in it, It's really hard to feel it. And that was just bang on. And in the end, November Project is a slightly weird, creative, and vibrant community of people. And that doesn't just happen on its own. So a big thanks to these guys for coming on the show. But a bigger thanks for them taking that risk and going for it to try and bring November Project to Ottawa. I'm grateful, as are countless others. And I hope you enjoyed my two-part November Project feature If you get the chance, of course, check out your local chapter. Thousands and thousands of people around the world are glad that they did. All right, I've got more episodes on the mental side of fitness coming, including an interview with a fitness games expert from Australia and a rest and recovery expert with some fascinating insights from the field of emergency medicine. And he's got some advice that I think can help us all. So give the show a sub on your platform if you can. You can find the show on Facebook too. You can also give me a direct follow on Instagram at kelly.dell. That's D-O-E-L-L. In the meantime, as usual, here's to living happily ever active. They're, they're finding the feeling. <laughs> but that, that's going to get you nowhere. By oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just, sorry. Can, yeah. Can you go back again? <laughs> It's okay. This is going to be fun to edit. I'm going to be on a beach with a mojito next week, and I'll be like, yeah, that's great. I'll need a mojito. This episode of Happily 
Ever Active has ended. But be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.